Welcome to Torah from Temple of Aaron in St. Paul, Minnesota. Here is the place to hear much of the great sermons, teachings, and speakers happening each week at our synagogue. Whether you are able to make it in person or not, each week you will find new Jewish content to inspire, motivate, and bring meaning to you wherever you find yourself. I hope you enjoy the teaching and feel free to contact us anytime about it by calling us at 651-252-6411 or emailing us at Rabbi Marcus Rubenstein at templeofaron.org. Enjoy and we hope to see you soon. Hello everybody. Today you will hear a sermon I gave on April 2nd, 2022 at Temple of Aaron during Shabbat morning services on Parshat HaChodesh. I tell a personal story about anti-Semitism and my experiences in Israel to illustrate the need for us as Jews to connect with each other and to choose our own destiny despite the many sacrifices it may and has entailed in our history. I hope you enjoy. So when I was very young, when I was in middle school, I decided I wanted to start wearing a, a kippah. I, wanted, I started wanting to wear a kippah to synagogue. Um, from a very early age, I loved being Jewish. I loved going to synagogue. I felt religious. Um, I even knew I wanted to be a rabbi when I was in middle school. Um, so much so that my early AOL screen name was JazzRab87. So in case, that's my proof right there. And I wanted to wear a kippah. I grew up in Long Island. My school is uh, 20, I would say about 30% Jewish, um, as, as happens in Long Island. Um, and I, 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 I would, a, f a couple times I would actually um, bring my kippah in my pocket and I would put it on when I got to school. Now, why, why didn't I wear the kippah out of the house? My parents wouldn't let me. Yeah. My parents wouldn't let me. Um, and specifically my father. And my father grew up in Brooklyn, and he was um, uh, in, a, in a poorer neighborhood, and he was beaten up over and over and over again for being Jewish growing up um, by the other kids uh, in the neighborhood, and that was his experience. And I remember being as a kid uh, saying, how is that possible? Like, why, why are, what are they so, I'm, I'm in Long Island, okay? It's, 90, it's 1998, okay, in Long Island, okay? 30% Jews in my school. No one's going to care that I'm wearing a kippah. I'm going to just do it. I, I, so I would put it in my pocket, and thank God nothing ever happened to me, and I only did it a couple times. I don't like to violate my parents' wishes. Um, but I always thought they were crazy. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Anti-Semitism? Are you, are you serious? That was something from yesteryear, something from before. And, th and I have to say, thank God I grew up that way, by the way. Really. Um, but of course we know um, that, you know, unfortunately it still exists in this world today. And when I learned about it, um, when I experienced it, um, I was leading my second trip to Israel as a rabbi. Um, uh, we were doing an interfaith trip to uh, Israel uh, with the local Lutheran congregation. It was 50% uh, our congregation, and it was 50% the Lutheran uh, congregation. So we went to half the Jewish sites and half the Christian sites in Israel on our trip. It was a wonderful Wonderful trip, especially because, you know, if you've been to a lot of the Jewish sites, you probably have never seen some of the Christian sites before, even if you've been to Israel many times. Um, but one of the places that we had to go, of course, were a Christian community, which I had never been to before, was Bethlehem, right? Supposedly, uh, I believe, the birthplace of Jesus. Um, and there's a very special church there and everything like this. And, um, and I went into many different churches and many different places, but Bethlehem I was nervous about. Um, Bethlehem is, is, is a very much a Palestinian city. Um, it's 
actually illegal for Israelis of Israeli citizenship to go into um, that area because the Israeli police and the Israeli military says it cannot, it won't come and defend Israelis in that area, um, which is an unbelievable thing if you think about it. Um, but that is just what it is. Um, and I never, and because of that, as a Jew, I'd never been to that area before. And as a rabbi, I made a rule. I will never go to an area where I won't, where, where I will feel uncomfortable wearing a yarmulke or my tzitzit or any signs of being Jewish because no Jew should ever see their rabbi be afraid to be Jewish, ever, right? And so I, I, I was going to go and I was going to wear my kippahs and I was going to wear my tzitzit and the tour guide there said, oh, don't worry about it, it's going to be fine, I've done thousands of trips there, everything's going to be fine. The second I got there, um, we, we were there and the... They, they had to change tour guides because literally you can't have the same tour guide in Bethlehem because it's literally a different area. Um, and they said, that guy has to take off his seat seat. That guy, he's wearing a kippah there. He can't wear a kippah here. Are you serious? He's going to get killed here. You can't do that. So they gave me a tourism hat. And with tears in my eyes, I put the hat on my head like an idiot because it was the first time ever that I couldn't be a Jew publicly. And I said I would never do this, violating my oath. And if I knew that, I would have never gone to Bethlehem. But I was there, and I didn't want to mess up the, the experience for my Christian neighbors. So I went on down the street, and my congregant was wearing a Star of David necklace out. And he, it was a visible sign of being Jewish. And one of the, the, the people selling um, goods on the street, in, in, when you go to Arab areas, they're selling uh, all kinds of tchotchkes on the street. They're following you around, chasing you around, trying to sell you stuff. And I know this, this is a painful story for me to tell, but I think you need to know it. Um, he was selling menorahs. He was selling Jewish symbols, stars of David, because he knew that the Christian tourists were going to buy those things. But he saw a star of David hanging on my congregant's neck. And my congregant, and supposedly, according to my congregant, he... He went up to him, whispered in his ear. He thought he was going to sell him, try to sell him something. And he said, if you don't take that off, I'm going to cut it off your neck right now. That's what he said to him. And he said, Rabbi, what should I do? Should I put my Star of David necklace away? He said, yes. Of course, your life comes first. Put your star. I was, and I was so scared at that moment. And we walked towards the church. And every single church I went into, I, I was able to wear my kippah. Because again, I'm not going to take my kippah off to enter a church. That's not going to happen. I'm going to always be Jewish wherever I go. I'll go into a church, I'll, be, I'll do interfaith work, but I'm going to go in as a Jew. And this was the only church that as I got towards the entrance, they refused to let me go in either with a hat or with a kippah on. And they said, you have to go in without your head on. So therefore I said, I'm not going to go. And with tears in my eyes, I walked away. And my dreams exploded in the air of of. We can all live happily ever after. Everything could be perfect. Everything could be wonderful. And as I walked back with a couple of congregants who passed me about, by the way, not just Jewish congregants, the Lutheran minister followed me back because he said, if the rabbi can't go in, I'm not going in. Which you could tell is still very emotional for me. And he said, as I'm walking back with Palestinian policemen driving around in armored vehicles, holding M16s, who I know, if they, if they had their way, they would get me too. It was very powerful. And it was the first real time I experienced real anti-Semitism. And that was three miles away from Jerusalem. 
You know, it's a Christian tradition actually to walk from Jerusalem to Bethlehem on Christmas Eve. Literally, from Jerusalem. Who's ever been to Jerusalem? Have you, been, have you felt unsafe to be a Jew in Jerusalem? No. God forbid. Safest place to be a Jew. Three miles away, you can't publicly be a Jew. It's dangerous to be a Jew. It's a place where Jews are forbidden to live. And that's the reality. And I came back from that experience forever changed to understanding the reality on the ground. That three miles away, you can call it the land of Israel, you can call it this and that, but that's not Israel. Right? That's a place where no Jews are allowed. And it was three miles away from Jerusalem. It's that easy to lose that power. It's that easy to lose that land that we work so hard for. It's that easy. And as much as I want peace and I want to live together, I said from that day, if you make me choose between a Jew and somebody else, I'm choosing Jews first. As hard as that is, and as hard as that, that is to hear. We're about to enter the Passover holiday. Today we read Parsha Tachodesh, which talked about choosing a new time of the year, a calendar, which seems like an innocent thing enough. But as I said in my Parsha summary, what it's all about is that as Jews, we get to choose how we count time. We get to choose what time looks like. We get to choose what our identity is. We get to choose whether we are slaves or free people. We get to choose the way we see ourselves. We choose to tell our time by our redemption. We choose to say that time starts when the Jewish people started, when we became a people. And the thing was, it wasn't a simple choice. It was a choice that took sacrifice. It was a choice that took work. It wasn't the easy choice. The easier choice was to main, remain in servitude back in Egypt, like many Jews chose to do, by the way. Not every Jew left Egypt. There were Jews who stayed behind saying, my life's easier there than to traipse out into the Sinai Desert. And God said, you're not going to be able to have the best food anymore. You're going to only have matzah. And God said, you have to be bechipatzon. You have to do it very quickly. You have to be uncomfortable. And guess what? You're going to be uncomfortable for 40 years. And when you get to the land of Israel, you're going to have to fight for your right to live in the Holy Land, in what is the promise. It's not going to be easy. But guess what? You do have a choice. Now, the choice you make to belong to the Jewish people, which is what all Passover is about, is choosing and re-choosing every year to belong to this people takes sacrifice. It's not easy. Many of us forget, we tell glory stories about the War of Independence, of how Israel was able to fight for its independence, and how all the Arab armies came in, and Israel just smashed them, and it was unbelievable, and it was amazing, and we sort of almost think of it like a biblical war, like nobody died. Nobody died on the Jewish side, at least. Not true. Do you know that Israel lost 10% of its troops in battle? 10 troops, 10, 10% of the men of military age were lost fighting for Israel. And we all know that that's not the end. 1956, 1967, 1970, Yom Kippur War. And it goes on and on and on still to this day. Israel takes sacrifice. It is not easy. In one second and so quickly, it can go back. And in our generation these days, 
we start to think that Israel just exists by osmosis. It just exists. You know, it, it, it is what it is. It exists. It's great. It's fantastic. It's going to continue to exist. Oh, it's got its problems. It's fine. But it's, you know, it's going to continue to exist. Everything is fine. But yet we see there's greater anti-Semitism within our world today. There's more and more anti-Israel sentiment amongst us. Terrorists are growing to be more and more vicious as they attack more and more citizens of Israel, innocent citizens of Israel. By the way, both of Jewish and Arab descent, as a ferocious and courageous Arab-Israeli police officer was murdered by terrorists for identifying with the state. Yes, Israeli history has been unbelievable. It has been amazing. But it has been a choice over and over and over and over again to choose the Jewish people, to choose to be free, to choose to determine our own future. That was the whole entire point of Zionism from the first place, that Jews don't have to be oppressed by their neighbors, that Jews don't have to live in darkness, that Jews can choose their destiny, that Jews can be strong. And that's what the Passover story tells us. It's easy to go and remain back in oppression, back in slavery, the way we are. But what Israel inspires us to do is to choose freedom over and over again, no matter what the sacrifices are. And today, the Israeli citizens are still sacrificing. It was one of the worst two weeks in, in a very long time in Israel, where there was bloodshed on safe streets, not just places like, okay, Gush Etzion, there's a terrorist attack, it's a, it's a contested place, but Beersheba. Really? All green, you think Green Line Israel? There's no terror. God forbid. Even there, too. We learn, we've already learned from the Ukrainians recently that we can overcome. That those who think that can overcome us, the Ukrainians can overcome if it's of the will of the people. And we Jews have been demonstrating that for a very, very, very long time. But to choose to be Jewish, to renew our connection to the Jewish people and to the state of Israel and the breth our brethren in the land of Israel takes sacrifice. Just as the holiday of Passover takes sacrifice. Sacrificing eating bread. Hey, sacrificing not drinking whiskey. That's pretty big a sacrifice. So I ask you today, what are you sacrificing for Israel? What are you sacrificing? How do you respond when people say, oh, they're just freedom fighters. The Israelis deserve it. How are you responding? How are you responding when people say, oh, all they want is their own land, that Israel can exist safely side by side. They, they don't want Jerusalem. They don't want Tel Aviv. They just want their own safe land. Everything's going to be fine. How are you responding? Are you defending Israel? Are you putting yourself in an uncomfortable place nowadays sometimes to defend Israel and stand up for Israel? It's uncomfortable sometimes. Sometimes you don't want to fight. Sometimes you don't want to struggle. But Israel takes struggle. Even the Talmud said it 2,000 years ago, Israel is only achieved through struggle and sacrifice. And we must be willing to make that sacrifice. Not only our Israeli brethren who are walking the streets of Jerusalem in fear for their lives, but also us. How are we donating to Israel? Are we making sure to carve out time in our calendar to make trips to Israel? Are we talking about Israel with our friends? Are we reading Israeli newspapers every day? Are we keeping in touch? 
Are we financing these programs? Are we doing everything we possibly can to make sure that we support this land, that we don't understand that it's just some moral relativism? That this is not just some osmosis that Israel exists, but it's a, it's a sacrifice, it's work we work for every day. So I ask you today, as we get ready for the Pesach holiday, what sacrifice are you taking to make sure that Israel exists and Israel continues to exist? What sacrifice are you taking to make sure that you're part of the Jewish people, that you're working towards unity of this people, the strength of this people together? Shabbat Shalom.